welcome back to Batting Around. It's Batting Around. It's a baseball podcast. I am your co-host, Jane Austen. With me, as always, is Lauren. I- I'm Lauren. That's Lauren and Steven. Yo. Uh, and we have a returning guest, one I'm really excited about here. Uh, it is Foolish Baseball's own and only, I guess, Foolish Bailey. <laughs> or Bailey. <laughs> uh, hey, Bailey, how's it going? Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Absolutely, yeah. It's It's been a minute. How long has it been? How long, yeah, <laughs> how long has it been, Lauren? Uh, it was uh, August 31st of 2020. You were our fifth guest ever on the pod. Uh, 600 days, 602 days ago. Uh, and yeah, uh, time flies. Uh, we're still doing it. You're still doing your thing uh, to a little bit more success, I'd say. Um, you're up to 250,000 subscribers on your main channel. You've got a second channel now, Foolish Bailey, 50K subscribers already. Uh, I'm still watching every every week. Um, yeah, loved Wordle. But when we last recorded, it was... Um, uh, I was I was looking... I was listening to the first few minutes of our, our last episode. Uh, it was the day before four or the day after the, your week of otani video was released and it was also the day after the giolito no hitter i know very important for uh, my channel both of them because now there's a year of otani video so we've moved on from the week of otani to the year of otani maybe next time we'll talk we'll be on the decade of otani um and then yeah lucas giolito my my dear friend my best friend the whole wide world Close personal uh, friend, yeah. who i confide with and he confides into me um, you know, probably going to be the best man in my future wedding. So yeah, good old, good old Lucas Giolito. That's so beautiful. Awesome. Well, we, we're, we're obviously very happy to see your, your continued success. Uh, how are things going? Life is a, a glamorous life of a, a full-time YouTuber. Yeah. So speaking of glamour, I mean, and granted, this is a podcast, so this is bad podcasting, <laughs> but you all can see this situation behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, and if you see it on, if you've watched my second channel, you're familiar Got the bed right behind me. Bedroom is the same as the office. However, soon I'm moving up in the world. We're talking two bed, one bath, one bedroom, dedicated space for Foolish Baseball. Wow. And I, oh, I am so fancy. excited. I'm jealous. I just renewed for my uh, 300 square foot studio for another year. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I could ever afford a, a two bedroom in, in Washington, D.C. No, that's the advantage of Atlanta, although, I mean, the rent is still really expensive. (laughs) Well, that's cool. Congratulations. That's super fun. Yeah, it feels like, uh, but for me, it's like, it's good to have something to aspire to because I still have, like, a tub with a shower curtain when I really just want a standing shower with a glass door. (laughs) So you can't, you shouldn't always get Mm -hmm. what you want. Yeah. The standing shower is when you really know Mm -hmm. you made it. Yeah, That bathroom remodel money. That's what it's all about. That's Mm -hmm. what we're all chasing. Yeah. Yeah, where I'm living right now, I have maybe the best bathroom I've ever had. It's uh, like a walk-in shower thing where it's like all tile all the way up the walls, and you can't, you can't like there's no door or anything. You just kind of go around a corner. Um, so it's all contained in there. Oh, it's it's perfect. It's so good. No glass, no shower curtain to get moldy. It's perfect. Just from all my browsing, it seems to be like it's gonna have to be like foolish baseball presented by like DraftKings and raytheon for me to get that like standing (laughs) shower money speaking of monetization uh, i forgot to mention it stick around for the end of the show we will have a big announcement about the future of the show it will not be a um uh gambling partnership though or or crypto we're going into uh contracting work together uh we're actually gonna be offering (laughs) kitchen uh kitchen and bathroom remodeling all across the uh, greater Minnesota yeah. area. Right, right. 
we've been kind of trying to make our own way since you have as well. And I think what our what we're really putting our money on right now is our new field of analytics that Lauren is pioneering mm-hmm. um, so of psycho saver metrics. And Lauren, I understand that you have an update for us on this uh, subject. I do. I have spent a little bit of time commuting with the higher powers um, via uh, potent hallucinogens. Got to get that third eye open. It, yeah. You got to uh, every now and then. You, you, uh, I've been thinking about the Otani rule, and mm. uh, I think it was after his most recent start. Fabulous recent start. Um, most recent start was fabulous. He was also had like over the previous week like a 250 WRC plus, smacked a couple homers, off to a great start, and it really drove home for me. Maybe there will be more two-way players in the future, but the odds of another Otani just feel right now astronomically low. Uh, Long term, you never know. Many things can happen. Uh, but I've, I've thought a lot about how good a player can be as a two-way player and justifying that role, even if they're not as good as Otani. And it's made me think you could maybe use the Otani rule to really effectively fill garbage time and eat up garbage innings mm. by converting, especially younger college-age player, uh, full-time DHs into like 5.5 ERA, 40-inning-a-year relief pitchers. I have one mm. potential candidate. I'm curious if anybody else thinks of anyone that might be, be a good fit. Pete Alonso is rated with a 50-50 arm as a prospect. And mm. I think he pitched up until like late high school. I think we should give him the ball a couple dozen times a year. See if he can get like a, a decent enough change up with like a, a, a fastball with any movement at all. And see if he can't provide a little bit of value. Because DH is always going to be negative value. Doing okay. anything but that at a, even a remotely competent level instantly increases his value significantly. So you're not looking for like the Williams Astadio um, 48 mile an hour, uh, you know, position player pitching. You're no. looking for like something resembling a real pitcher. Some someone like like a, a shittier Kenley Jansen, who is like mm-hmm. a converted okay. catcher, like yeah. just like Kenley Jansen, but like way less good and like barely passable. Probably like not as good as a triple A guy, but he's already on the roster because he's hitting. Hmm. Well, a couple names you can throw out there include Cronenworth and oh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jared Walsh, um, who are both sort of two-way guys in the minors. But I think, you know, Jane brings up a really good point here. Like, you don't want, like, someone throwing batting practice. You know, you want someone who's going to at least be competitive, hopefully throwing, like, a 90-plus-mile-per-hour fastball out there. And and that's very important for me because I'm kind of – I'm just tired of, like, the 48-mile-per-hour, like, position player pitching. Like, Absolutely. I think I think you should – if you're going to do that – yeah, you should be forced to throw someone out there who's going to try their absolute best, and, you know, because otherwise you're just kind of making a mockery of the whole thing. Absolutely. Well, yeah. well like when, when Ichiro did it, when they right. finally let him pitch, that's what we want. And like a lot of these guys are, you know how it's like how every, uh, almost everybody in MLB was like a shortstop when they were drafted? Mm-hmm. You know, they're all great athletes to begin with. They can, you know, a lot of them were two-way players even, and then they were just kind of forced to pick a, pick a path later on i'm sure you could figure out this development program maybe we need to do like some metal gear solid 2 vr training mm-hmm. for him I yeah think vr is critical really well. to making this work yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely absolutely you wouldn't have been able to do this five years ago because there'd be no vr you know so no no, exactly. no you can't just do this like watching an ipad you have to like fully immerse pete alonso in the matrix it cannot be overstated that Lauren is on the cutting, on the bleeding edge of of this uh, line of thinking. Not even the Razor here yet. We're, we're miles ahead of them. Mm. 
No, I, I, um, I think there's potentially the idea. I think we can take it a lot of different directions, but uh, ultimately you do, you do have to like consider how much leeway there is. Like if, if the, if the hitter is going to become 10% worse at hitting to do this, is it, is it, does it, is it still justifiable? I think the answer is probably no. You need someone who's dedicated enough and strong enough to really do this both ways. And also, an athlete, they have the, the winning mindset, it's probably going to be hard for them to be just okay at, at pitching. That's another yeah. element that I think is important to remember, the psychological aspect of the game. Mm. You've, got to, you've got to get someone who's excited about it and who's hungry for it, but who won't crumble at the first instance of of failure just getting fucking shelled because yeah. it's gonna happen <laughs> it's kind of yeah. it's kind of how it works yeah so i think pete alonzo is a good choice because he seems to be like a human with a golden retriever brain mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely in one ear out the other we all saw him bopping along when that kid tore his acl out in the outfield <laughs> or whatever like he could absolutely withstand you know giving up four earned runs in uh, a third of an inning or something before he's pulled i think he could do it it's like those uh it's like those cartoon characters that are immune to like psychic attacks cuz they're too dumb. Like that's Exactly. Sure. He's a, he's a rock type. He's a rock type player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you uh Lauren, who some people are now starting to call the Timothy Leary of baseball analytics. I really yeah, really appreciate what you're doing for the show here. Thank you. Oh, I should say nothing in Cybo Sabermetrics is proprietary. It's all free and open to the public. People should feel free to get right. fucked up on something and come up with their own baseball stats. I tried my hand at it last night, but unfortunately, um, my research materials did not kick in in time for the uh, for me to practice it during the Phillies Brewers game. Uh, Ooh, that yes. would have been a good one too. Yeah, it, yeah, it would have been a really really fun one for that to to mm-hmm. happen during. And then I tried to apply it then, uh, going really far out there, and I tried to apply it to the New Orleans Phoenix um, NBA playoff game. Didn't didn't quite work, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try my hand at it again uh, in the very near future. I should probably be following that series since I'm from both those places. <laughs> right. But I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. at all. I really yeah yeah yeah. It's a fun out. one. It's all it's all tied up now. <sighs> I have bad news. What's that? My segment is dying. Oh no! I'm sorry to hear that. We have we have one we have an we have one additional player to be shamed later. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, the Red Sox are headed to Toronto. And I already talked about how Tanner Houck uh, is uh, not on the roster because he is not vaccinated. And I already talked about how Alex Cora responded to the question of, did he expect there to be any more uh, absences with yes? I think he just said, yeah. He's, yeah, he just said, yeah, which <laughs> yeah. which I, I I was very helpful for some some prime content. But sadly, we just have one frankly fake fake player uh it's another it's another procedurally generated uh baseball player video game name so the two pe- the two people on the Red Sox restricted list for their upcoming series against the Toronto Blue Jays are Turner Houck and um Cutter Crawford that that would be Cutter with a K Crawford okay that's why he's <laughs> not coming up on Fangraphs okay yeah that's like a perfect like under 27 baseball player name yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's pretty good. I I could see like what pitch couldn't be the name of like a twenty three year old guy in, in uh, on the farm system right now. Right, just knuckleball. That's knuckleball. the only one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could totally see like a, a slider, slider Jones. He's like twenty two, forty five plus uh, field value. Slider with a Y. Yeah, slider with a Y. <laughs> uh, Steven, I don't think you should get discouraged though. I mean, there's still there's still some 
games left in this homestand up in Toronto, I believe. But, I, you know, didn't they say, like, the Yankees players were all going to make it? The, the Yankees are apparently all going to make it. Stay tuned. If anything changes, okay. I will be updating you next week. But, yeah, it's it's looking grim. It's looking grim for my segment. See, I But I think you should you should flip this and you should um, claim credit for this like ISIS would always do mm. whenever there was like an attack anywhere. They'd be like, yeah, that was us. Mm-hmm. Like there's just like, uh, oh, a mass shooting in Florida or something. And they're like, you know, totally unrelated. And they're like, yeah, that's us. I think you should just claim it. Ah, so I'm I'm claiming credit now for um, <laughs> all the dipshits getting their vaccines. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. You're welcome. I think it would also be very fun if we if we had a um, fake vaccine card scandal. God, I'm. That would be so good. <laughs> like get it, buying it from like a guy at InGen in uh-huh. like a in a duffel bag. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I'd be into that. Just trouble trouble at the border. Uh, that would rule. All right. Well, that's the end of our players to be shamed later segment. Maybe forever. We'll see. Yeah, I, I was curious to get your opinion because I've been watching. Um, bunch of AL Central games, which I normally try not to do, but uh, <laughs> I'm kind of fascinated with this year's Guardians roster. Obviously, obviously Jose Ramirez is still Jose Ramirez, but uh, mm-hmm. and Stephen Kwan was off to like a really super hot start, but um, I don't know. It's kind of a, a deep, uh, deeper team than I thought, and they're really great at climbing um, uh, infield fences, or outfield fences. <laughs> 80 grade. I think the Guardians are sort of a study in okay, we have maybe like 40 total guys who can play baseball, and so we just have to find the right 26 to play (laughs) at any given time. And so, you know, for them that means, you know, kicking off opening day with Stephen Kwan, even if you have, you know, Nolan Jones and George Valera, like, lurking down there in the minor league system, and, you know, Oscar Mercado, like, hasn't really been good since 2019, but... He's had a decent start to his season as well. He's hit a few big home runs. So, you know, with the Guardians, it's like, yeah, they have baseball players. They just need to figure (laughs) out, you know, who are the correct baseball players to use at any given moment. Because, you know, apart from, like, Jose Ramirez, like you said, you look at that lineup, it seems like everyone else is, like, very kind of interchangeable. Yeah, and I I, I guess uh, that was definitely my read at the start of the season, what it's like, it's Jose Ramirez and a bunch of other guys. But the other guys are, like... Way more interesting and compelling and, and uh, off to a hotter start than I ever expected. And then, like, the pitching is exactly what we thought it'd be. Great. It's a far more competent outfield than they've had a lot of the times in recent years, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> um, definitely for that team. Yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the acquisition of Miles Straw is such a, like, a big deal because I think mm-hmm. he just gives them, like, a high floor player in the outfield, which they haven't had, like... You know, they've just always had guys like bottoming out, like mm-hmm. below replacement level, you know, over the years. And Miles Straw is a guy who just seemingly is guaranteed to get you at least two to three war over the course of a season, you know, and if not more, if he does extremely well, just because he gets on base and he plays good defense in center field. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it is nice to finally like get an end to the running gag that was their, their outfield for the last like 2015, 2014, something like that. It's been a while. And their bullpen, I don't know anything about that. I think that's about all I've got on... Um, I was just kind of curious where you stood on that, on uh, a team that I have been thinking about a lot like, lately. Yeah, well, one thing that always inspires confidence is that the division they play in seems to always be wide open. You know, the White Sox yeah. ran away with it last year, but there doesn't seem to be any indication that's going to happen this year. Um, no, twins the, the look interesting. White Sox, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I was just about to say we just had a uh, we just had a, a series over the weekend that I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I saw that walk off. No, that was wonderful. Byron Buxton um, had a little scare with him uh, like a week ago in Boston, where he thought he was, <laughs> where he uh, slid into second base and immediately slammed his fist on the on the uh, on the dirt in anger. Uh, then didn't play for a couple days, but he seemed fine last night. He seemed totally fine <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking yeah, like Twins uh, sweep the White Sox and take the first mm-hmm. place spot. That was very very fun. I have a Byron Buxton stat. Uh, that I, I mean, I just Ooh. tweeted it, so self-plug at FoolishBB. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, this is F4 over the last 162 games played from uh, each player like around the league. Your top five, Jose Ramirez at 7.1, Juan Soto also at 7.1. And then tied for second place, you have Buxton, Fernando Tatis Jr., each with 8.4 F4 in their last 162 <laughs> games played, only beat by Mr. Mike Trout with 9.3. That's yeah. fantastic. God damn. So it really does go to show healthy Byron Buxton, you know, could easily be argued as like a top five player. Yeah, absolutely. And we've said oh, a couple yeah. times now that we're really hoping that this is like his like Otani season where he really national profile really skyrockets. I I, I personally uh, really, really need this. <laughs> Her baseball team is dying. Yeah, so, uh. yeah. Ale Central, go figure. And the Tigers are interesting. A lot of prospects yeah. and the Royals. Yeah. The Royals have the cool new city connect. They have, have yeah, so they have a good city connect. It's really, it's really just good or bad at this point. It's something. <laughs> no, I, I think um, we, we, we're going to talk about the Royals. I don't know. Do, do we have anything we want to get to before we get to the mailbag? I think we have a question about the Royals. All right. This was brought to my attention shortly before we recorded. Um, it's from Front Office Sports, and the article is titled, Humans Out, Cats In at Oakland A's Ballpark. Feral cats are just running the show at the Coliseum. <laughs> There's no human attendance there. Uh, they moved in during COVID and with the really, really shameful actions of Oakland's ownership and front office, humans are not there to uh, assert dominance over these feral cats. And from what I understand, it's it's about 60% feral cats in the stands <laughs> during any given Oakland A's game. Can they field a team? Probably. How does the minimum wage convert into catnip? Or minimum salary. <laughs> very, very favorably. It turns out that cats do not have uh, much for labor rights under the uh, under U.S. law. So I think it will be fine. I think that they can. That this might be the way that they end up sta- staying or, or sticking around in Oakland. Because mm. um, I don't know if any other city is going to give them as much of a, a sweetheart deal if they're only employing cats as players. You know, they're in the Bay Area. They really, really like disruption, and I can't think of anything more disruptive to baseball's labor market than um, having about 50 feral cats. I mean, that's why the lockout went on for so long. It's because, you know, I mean, (laughs) the players right away, the owners right away, on the same page as far as human pay, but the cat stuff, I mean, that's just dragged on for months and months, and there's so many meetings. A lot of interpreters, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we thought that, you know, they were, that these owners and stuff were upset about you know, having to hire interpreters for players, but like getting actual cat interpreters, much, much more difficult. Very um, difficult. That's why, you, yeah. yeah, you'll never, you'll never see a cat playing in Seattle, for example. <laughs> I just think it's awful. You look around the minor leagues these days and there's still, you know, there still aren't any cat trees in the clubhouse. And, you know, for me, it's really up to like really these owners yeah. to provide for those cats. It doesn't cost that much. 
And if these teams can give Nelson Cruz a, a nap room, I don't know why they can't put some scratching posts and litter boxes out. We're gonna have that's gonna be the next like libs of TikTok thing. Uh, when they're you know <laughs> complaining about the the litter boxes in schools, they're gonna be like, look at the litter boxes in the Coliseum's clubhouses. This is this is degeneracy. Oh, it's always something about that stadium too. Like I, I, I'm actually surprised. It looks like the sewage during the rain delay was incident was 2013. I thought there was something more recent than that, but. Uh... Mm. I'm pretty sure there was something more recent than that. Well, the Dodgers had their own issue. Mm. Um, the it, Angels had uh, had some flooding too. Yeah, it's actually it only rains like twice a year. Yeah, there, water tables are pretty tough. I do have to give them that. I might be confusing that with. I know Oakland's had a bunch of light problems as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like like delays from their lighting going off randomly. I guess they weren't right. paying their bill or something. It's always something. I really got to make it to a game there before it just disappears forever because there's like so few baseball stadiums like that left in the league. Uh, it's a, f- it's. I mean, it's a dump, but it's, it's. Well, when I went, there was a fun atmosphere. I don't know how. I don't know how fun the atmosphere will be these days. Yeah, now that it's like a just a graveyard. <laughs> there's yeah. like you know twenty two hundred fans attending a home game. I don't know how much fun that will be. Also, just a ton of uh, foul ball space still. You don't see that very much anymore. Love a good opportunity to watch a guy run down a foul ball. Yeah, and I can't imagine that many modern stadiums going forward, like new ones, will have the bullpen just like in foul territory. Just hanging out. It's so funny when I see that now. It's like I'm not used to that anymore, and it's just it looks so strange now. One thing I will say as someone who is a video editor, I appreciate a game with nice empty outfield seats because... If there's a super long home run, it's really easy to like track the ball, like where it lands, <laughs> rather than if the background is a sea of people in Oakland, it's just green, so the ball's really easy to see. I think it provides for a great visual at times. Absolutely, yeah. Miami, Oakland, the Rays, these are the teams that the video editors love. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to move on to mailbag? I do, but first I need to indulge a, a really goofy uh, technical question. Um, since you mentioned video editing, what is your videos editing suite these, day, the, uh, these days? Are you working in After Effects? Are you an FCP, uh, Final Cut Pro guy? Yeah, this is absolutely wild. I'm, I'm a Sony Vegas user Whoa. myself. I know. <laughs> I've never heard that answer. And it's, and it's really just a product of when I started mm-hmm. editing video. So I'm 26. I started editing video when I was 13. So I've really been doing it like half my life. And... Um, you know, when I started editing video, I mean, the cool thing to do was obviously hop in Sony Vegas and then, you know, edit together. You're making a frag movie, basically, you know, you're trying your Counter-Strike, your Call of Duty 4, whatever you were playing at the time, you get that Sony Vegas. So, you know, I started doing Sony Vegas for that and I'm still using it all these years later. One thing I will say is that, you know, John Boyce, who is the patron saint of all sports mm-hmm. YouTube mm-hmm. Um, for so many of us uh, you still uses iMovie so <laughs> I'm a, still at least a little bit more technologically advanced than him although uh, you know the Adobe suite I may mean, use Photoshop for the graphics but mm-hmm. uh, I have not I've not yet touched After Effects or Premiere no don't don't bother stay away from those they're terrible uh, DaVinci Resolve is a hot new thing if you're looking for a n- new nonlinear editing suite but Sony Vic I respect it I respect it I was I was blown away also to find out John Boyce makes his videos in Google Earth. I don't think what you're doing is any weirder than that. (laughs) Weirder or more incredible, I should say, because that's the most fascinating software thing I've heard in years. Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to begin doing Mm -hmm. that. I think literally like only like a dozen people on Earth do. (laughs) I didn't didn't even realize still around. I didn't realize Google Earth was a program you could download. 
Anyway, right. technical technical nerd editing question um, uh, satisfied. All right, mailbag. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. From Twitter at it's May Ickney. I get these names. <laughs> All right, what do the Marlins need to officially become contenders with a capital C? They seem a little fringe to me at the moment, but with a couple more decent bats slash bullpen arms, I think they'd get really interesting. Um, is that is that a fair assessment? Slash, you, what, what do you think we need to do? You know, this is really interesting because one of the first things we talked about the last time you were on was how we all kind of agreed the Marlins were looking pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think you went so far as to say, like, yeah, you one or two different guys in the lineup, you could see this being like a roster that's, uh, you know, those are some pretty, pretty decent lineup. Uh, obviously, teams changed a lot since then. Uh, a lot of turnover on uh, pitching and uh, hitting side since like 2020. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious what everyone's thoughts are. Yeah, well, they miraculously made the playoffs that yeah, year, last right. time we talked, and and <laughs> yeah. won a uh, playoff series courtesy of the uh, expanded 16 team playoff. You know, I think for the Marlins, you just have to like continue to hope for the continued breakout of their young position players obviously jazz chisholm comes to mind he's Mm -hmm. off to a fantastic start this season but also like uh jesus sanchez uh, in the outfield over there really really good season last year for them in 2021 in triple a had an ops well over a thousand came up in the majors uh, had a 116 wrc plus in the majors he's off to an incredible start this year uh yeah with a uh 310, 355, 569 slash line, which with the lower offense and the pitchers park in Miami gives him a 170 WRC plus at the moment. So way to go, uh, Jesus Sanchez. You know, Jorge Soler, obviously, uh, you know, they need to get him going. But the pitching, I mean, without a doubt, it's there. Alcantara, Lopez, Rogers. Uh, Jesus Lazardo looks absolutely incredible, like completely fixed. The, uh, the yeah. weird, like... I guess you would call it like a slurve that he's throwing is basically unhittable, even though when you watch it on TV, it doesn't even look that impressive, but no one seems to be able to hit it. And of course they have uh, other young pitchers down the pipeline too. Um, Sixto Sanchez, who you hope to see back at some point this year. And then just, you know, further down the farm system, like Max Meyer, uh, Yuri Perez is like a guy who I think like could make the majors and pitch when he's like 19 and then be like the youngest player in the big leagues for like a calendar year so it's just crazy like how much young pitching talent they have so they really just need breakouts from that uh, position player group absolutely yeah i was just looking at their farm system and like triple a triple a is stacked double a is stacked like i totally forgot jj bladet exists but mm-hmm. we'll probably see him in the majors at some point like maybe this year i don't know that'd be great no i'm, I'm glad to see it's coming along a bit yeah we're, we remain pro marlins fever uh on the pod there's a follow-up question here um, that I don't know how well any of you are going to be able to answer this, though. Um, but I'll take a stab at it. Uh, where they ask, also, do you think Jesus Lizardo is at all aware of the music of the Jesus Lizard? I don't know if any of you are familiar with the Jesus Lizard. But I doubt that a 24-year-old from Peru is, like, really into the old touch-and-go records stuff. But maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe he's, like, really into Steve Albini's bands and the Butthole Surfers and stuff like that. So, I don't know, maybe. I think it's just like a big black fan. Yeah, he really he he really likes shellac. Yeah, 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 yeah. So who knows? I I would that would be that'd be some wonderful like little kismet there if he was, but but I I highly doubt it. You don't think there's any sort of awareness with him himself being the Jesus lizard that he would have just absorbed it at some point? 
I mean, maybe. I hope so. I think that that would be magical. But like, I'm I'm really I'm really doubting it. I really doubt that that's the case. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe one of these days, like, he'll have some walkout music to like you know an a song from Goat or something. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. The problem is if you only know your music from walk-up songs, then you would only know country music and reggaeton. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty true. much the great dividing line in MLB. <laughs> some uh, some Imagine Dragons on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go Sorry, um, do we? I totally forgot it. We, we were going to talk about um, stat normalization. Do we want to still cover that? One thing we were also talking about before the pod. You have a similar interest to what we kind of talked about the other week about uh, when stats start to normalize. Uh, you're much better at actual analysis than I am. I'm really curious what your your thoughts are on this phenomenon. Yeah, I thought it'd be good to use like a player as an example here, and the player who I am most sort of like entertained by is a as you know, just a huge star this year already, is uh, Seiya Suzuki from the Chicago Cubs. Oh, absolutely. Um, and he's a great pick here because, you know, he's coming over from MPB. We don't really have, you know, we don't know exactly how those numbers would translate, so it's almost like we have a fresh slate here and <laughs> in total 63 plate appearances in MLB to look at for Seiya Suzuki. And you could look at his numbers and say, wow, my goodness, his on-base percentage is nearly 500. His slugging percentage is nearly you know, 700, but again, it's 63 plate appearances, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, the those aren't expected to be super sticky. This does not mean that he is a true talent, 500 on base percentage, uh, 700 slugging guy, you know, the next Barry Bonds. But what you can do with someone like Seiya Suzuki is you can look at stats that start to, you know, become meaningful quicker. And I've really gotten into some of these, like, plate discipline type stats to look at you can look at someone's you know their chase rate or um you know their contact rate and when you look at Seiya Suzuki his chase rate 15.8 percent like very very low and his swinging Mm -hmm. strike rate 6.7 percent so really like if you throw a pitch to Seiya Suzuki he only has a 6.7 percent chance of swinging and missing at it which is just (laughs) incredible and when you combine that with the rate that, like, he barrels the ball and he has, he has four home runs already, like, it's sort of a Jose Ramirez-esque type mm-hmm. deal where it's like, hey, this guy doesn't swing and miss, but he doesn't really have to, like, sacrifice power to do it either. So, you know, for me, it's just, like, I might not look at batting average on base slugging just yet, but I do think some of these, like, plate discipline stats have a lot of merit at this point in the season in uh, particular. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I'm fascinated by these stats as well, and, and we're... We're starting slowly to get into that uh, territory where some of these are, are, are meaningful. Um, I'm, I've been I've been trying to rack uh, my brain wrap my brain around around some of this stuff uh, since last week uh, when, when I first came across this, and I've been I've been really puzzled by the question of like, would these numbers change over time at all, given how the the game has changed since this was written in 2010? You you might know of like more follow up research. I'm just curious. Is there anything you can think of off the top of your head that would be like? You could look at the stat and maybe wonder, like, maybe that's not the same as it was 15 years ago. Maybe that's not even like a 12 years ago. Maybe that's not even like a realistic framework. I don't know. Yeah, I think when you look at, like, the construction of the baseball itself and, like, and let's be honest, they're going to, like, mess with it and probably, like, have it completely different by the summer. But it's so hard with some of the, like like the pitcher stats, right? Like say like XFIP, for example, like mm-hmm. we don't know what a normal home run to fly ball ratio is in 2022 <laughs> yet. So it's just, it's really hard to sort of, mm-hmm. you know, judge if a batter or a pitcher is having good luck or bad luck in terms of like fly balls. Yeah. It's the era of Sierra once again. <laughs> 
No, it's not. That's <laughs> I, I'm so glad I have someone on the podcast to laugh at my at my um, uh, statistic uh, my stat jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We yeah we we need to have like another analytics like person on every once in a while just to like keep Lauren's like serotonin and dopamine levels <laughs> mm-hmm. up high enough to continue functioning. We're a little heavy on the like head empty baseball look fun quotient. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly making jokes about ISIS and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um where, yeah, and then ISIS is not a like acronym for some sort of um, baseball stat. So not um, yet. We've got a lot of cy- psychosabermetrics ahead of us. It, it very well, yeah, very well may emerge as one though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my my entertainment value has gone down a bit because I've I've mellowed out a lot on the Phillies, so there's less emotional outbursts <laughs> over here. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I'm mm-hmm. totally confident you'll refill. Sorry, Stephen. Are you on like the acceptance phase of the what the Philadelphia Phillies are as a franchise? At the moment, I am simply repeating to myself that it is early and. Mm-hmm. enjoying thing it like wins they win and i go cool they lose and i go aw. there's no <laughs> they win and i it makes my whole night and i start like fucking gifting everything and uh they lose i'm not like wailing or gnashing of teeth uh, i will be performing a citizen's arrest on angel hernandez soon <laughs> mm-hmm. the way the past few years have gone i just i have all of the emotions are gone out of me at this point it's cool it's fun. <laughs> I'm I'm just here to say uh, homophobic slurs and be horny about baseball players, really. Sure, sure. And if you're not going to do it, who is? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess uh, speaking of Angel Hernandez here, uh, there's two questions here. Uh, Claire on Discord asks, is it now reasonable to complain about umpires again? Like, is that still a dork bad vibe move? Uh, move, and Brugel suspects on Twitter says, "How long are they going to let Angel Hernandez keep doing this for life? Yeah, yeah forever. This, yeah. Is, this yeah. is why you should yeah. unionize your workplace. It's because you get to be the Angel Hernandez of your workplace if you want to be. Exactly, exactly. That's the dream. I can't begrudge oh. the man for for keep doing it. <laughs> that would be yeah. fantastic. I have a video I'd like to share with you all. You may have seen it on a website called Twitter.com. Um, <laughs> this is a 13 second video. Jane, if you would like to play this video or describe what you're seeing. Do we want to count in? Oh, so yeah, I, I did see this. This is oh, Angel Hernandez leaving in his uh, GMC SUV. And a hoagie mouth Philadelphian uh, <laughs> screams, Angel Hernandez, you stink, and I do not like you. <laughs> yeah, which is like extremely tame uh, for a Philadelphia sports there was fan. A lot of, there um, was a lot of restraint showed. Him. Yeah, really, really. Like I was, ex- I'm kind of disappointed. That's yeah. how Philadelphians flirt. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because if you ask, so since since the 2018 NFL playoffs, uh, when mi- people in Minnesota had oh, absolute moral <laughs> panic about Philadelphia fans and how mean they were, and how how rude and terrible they are, um, I'm really disappointed to find out that the truth is it's just uh, some guy yelling, uh, "I don't like you." Like, I thought that they were out there, like, pushing down old ladies and, um, yeah, like, riding, like, knocking over statues of uh, beloved public figures with, like, dune buggies and shit. 
but like they're just yelling at an umpire as he as he leaves and kind of like I think I think Phil kind of like or I mean I think Angel kind of like waved at him. Yeah, he was he was smiling. Um, yeah, I, I think it it just continues the trend of my personal disappointment in my fellow Philadelphians because, like as I mentioned before, with my my friend who was an away fan visiting, he got no shit talk to him at all. Granted, he's, he was an A's fan, and, you know, what What really can you say to those people? But, like, there was no there was no violence or even the threat of violence. Like, I, I, was, I was very disappointed Phil, in that video Phil because its edge. there was no... What the fuck? There was no uh, crab fry bucket uh, tossed at his windshield. There was no... There were no obscenities. This is... Frankly, I need to have I need to call a council or something to sort out what exactly is going on here. This is not the Philly you remember. This is not the Philly you grew up in. Yeah. <sighs> no, it's all those fucking New Yorkers coming and gentrifying the place. Buying all the houses in uh, Fishtown or whatever for three times yeah. what they were going for a year ago. Yeah. All those all those you. famously all those famously polite New Yorkers moving into Philadelphia <laughs> and classing the place up. Well, the the ones that leave, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, no, that tracks. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. These are ones that were too nice for New York, so they've come to Philly for some reason. <laughs> yeah, leaving leaving New York to be the absolutely feral uh, mm-hmm. city. I mean, feral, you know, outside of Oakland's feral cat situation. But yeah. Um, speaking of, Nostrafake says, uh, "Re fans throwing shit on the field at players." Is oh yeah. The fi- oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much I want to talk about this, but asks, is banning the fans responsible enough or is more drastic punishment called for? Uh, ban all fans for the next game? Vacating wins? No, no I, don't, I don't think so. No, banning the fans I think is fine. Yeah, you can't, mm-hmm. like, in certain situations, the fan, fan conduct can be held against the team, but, it, like, mm-hmm. almost ne- that... That is a very rare situation that I would feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Every team has like between three and 78, 79% of their fan base being like total dickhead, stupid pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yankees are closer to that 70 something percentage, mm-hmm. but you can't really punish that 25, 30% of relatively normal Yankees fans for that. Like that's just not, it's not fair to them. No. We've talked about Yankees fans on here, but I'm I'm pretty sick of the, uh, you know these these Yankees fans are, uh, classless brutes <laughs> sort of discourse <laughs> that goes around every time, Yankees fans. It's fun. Do something it's fun like the first this. couple times, and then it just gets yeah. old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just gets a little old. And per like, season, per season, per yeah, season. And yes, like, of course. Right, right. And like, I don't know, shit happens everywhere. There was, you know, not that long ago, there was the the guy in fucking Toronto that whipped a beer can at an outfielder, and like. Oh, I that's about they're that. supposed to be like famously polite up there. So like, I don't know. It's that, that's it all. That is that is that is one of the greatest lies of yeah. in the Western Hemisphere is Canadians being polite. Yeah, and like Minnesota nice. That's all bullshit. We fucking threw so many hot dogs at Chuck Knobloch. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't trust uh, people from regions like the South or the Midwest or Canada. I don't no. trust those fucking people who are who are outwardly <laughs> nice. Like. No, be rude to me. It's way more. Yeah. It's it's way more real. I went to an Atlanta Braves game, and the Braves start to rally, and you wouldn't believe what happened next <laughs> all around the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Almost everybody doing it. 
Shameful, shameful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> At Brittany Correa, I've decided to be, quote, into baseball. As of three weeks ago, I don't know why you need scare quotes around that, but all right. Um, who should I support? Looking for a reasonably competitive and not horrifically run team east of the Mississippi. Like that's pretty broad because that could be like the Chicago White Sox or like the Marlins. Well, I mean, okay, okay. if we're Marlins, I don't want to say Marlins there. If we're talking about, um, you know, not horrifically run or whatever, I, I, maybe the Rays. Sure, that'll that'll horrifically cover that run spectrum. ethically. Or horrifically run, like, right. in terms it, of no, quality, yeah. because, like, I don't know, you could, I don't know, I can't, I can't in good conscience tell anybody to be a Rays fan. Yeah, no, I, I have two thoughts on this. One, I would not, I would recommend not getting too heavily invested in the uh, moral goodness or badness of mm. any billion dollar company. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, second thing I would say is MLB TV is pretty good product even with the blackouts even with the, its restrictions you can watch 25 to 29 teams typically unless you live in las vegas and get a feel for the guys you like just put on some games listen to the, some broadcasters find a booth you like i think it's really important in a fan base to find a booth yeah. that's like competent and is funny and can keep a game uh, in the eighth or ninth inning uh, in like a, a boring game interesting in late innings mm-hmm. find a couple players who stand out uh, it's a little late in the season now, but a fantasy league is a great way to get into the sport more deeply just because you're going to be watching plate appearances from guys on every team uh, to follow your your team. I would say don't feel obligated to pick one and stick with it. Yeah, uh, Bounce around the league a little bit, hoe out a little bit on a couple different teams <laughs> until you settle with someone that feels right to you. I am a strong proponent of have, keeping an AL and an NL team to yourself. Mm. Uh, and prior to every season, I rank every team by how much I like them. And the top eight tend to be each from different divisions. So I've got like a team for each division. And that's fun. I, cause it's like, oh, what do I feel like I want to throw on some baseball tonight? Oh, X team that I follow or like is losing. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Or X team is off. Uh, let's just go down the list. Like, oh, I'll, I'll throw on a fucking a Mariners game sure why not absolutely yeah and this might be wishful thinking I'm, I'm curious what you would think about this Bailey like it, it seems to me that like younger fans are more okay with like not being dedicated to one fandom like maybe their parents were previous generations were I think it feels like maybe because of MLB TV because of the more like the, the way the media has changed uh there's a lot fewer people growing up with just the one games of one team available to them um and I think that's great. I think it's great to like inculcate a broader understanding of what's going on in the sport than just what's happening to your team. There's certainly upside to that as well. To getting to follow those narratives of one team really closely for a whole season is really fun. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I, I think it's evolving in a way that's uh, really promising. Yeah, and I, I do think MLB TV is like a good product. However, I mean, if you're getting into baseball, you know, $140 is a, is a steep price to pay for getting into yeah, baseball. Absolutely. Um, unless you have T-Mobile. Unless you have T-Mobile. Yeah. If you have T-Mobile, get on that. Um, but yeah, I, it's so interesting because I think, I think of baseball fandom as being so regional in many ways. You know, you, you have uh, the economy of the sport is based on these regional sports networks that are basically trying to get you to watch the team you live close to and, and only that team. Um, as far as, you know, finding a team to root for, 
you know, finding a player helps, but I almost feel like like finding like a unit mm. it would could be like really interesting. Like like if you just start watching the Milwaukee Brewers one day and you're just like, wow, I mean, look at the pitching these guys have. Look at, you know, if I tune into a Brewers game, I get to see Corbin Burns or Brand Woodruff or, you know, Peralta or Hauser or Lauer or Ashby or someone like that take the mound every day. Like that might just be all you need to, you know, really get attached to Milwaukee Brewers. Maybe, you know, it's um, Philadelphia, all these, you know, great power bats who can't field. Maybe that's really intriguing to you. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, for me, it's, it's so interesting because I'm not just a baseball fan. I'm just like a baseball fan on the internet. And of course the internet is always breaking down these, uh, geographical boundaries for better or worse. And so, you know, I know uh, so many, you know, young fans who basically tweet at me constantly and are, and are fans of just baseball, major league baseball as a product. And they know all the players and all the teams. Um, and so, yeah, if you're, if you're looking to become just a fan of baseball in general, with all the options out there, I think now is probably the best time to ever do it. Absolutely, yeah. There's so much good content on YouTube, too. <laughs> yeah, like Giraffe <laughs> Neck Park and Fuzzy and John Boy. <laughs> Any- you know, you could go on and watch somebody uh, do alternate history versions of Major League Baseball from out of the park. You know, there's that that sort of stuff is on there too. Yeah, it's real so, entry yeah. level. If you're just trying yeah. to get into baseball, I think That's it's good to start to with uh, <laughs> with the alternate history of the last ten years or so. Um, just a deep where, dive into a spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. Where where Dominic Brown just like completely fulfills his potential. <laughs> oh, I love it when we make Steven sad. Okay, <laughs> Quan Pilled. Uh, we've discussed at length here, which they mean the Discord, uh, which baseball players are Royals guys, but which player is the most your team guy out there right now? And I think they just kind of mean, like, who's got the energy of, like, you know, a, of a team that's preferably on a different team, though? So, like, if so, like, Steven could be, like, oh, Phillies player that um, is basically a left fielder. Um, you know, pretty much anywhere else, I guess, I guess we could say. I don't know. It's kind of a weird question. I think I, like, I think I know what you're going for. Yeah. 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 Um, I like, think if I'm mm-hmm. looking for a twins guy, it's like a fourth starter or that gets a lot of ground balls, but, um, gets shelled every other time. So I don't know. There's, there's gotta be somebody that fits that description, but I did not do enough research. Yeah. As a, as a Braves fan myself, it's definitely like. Freddie Freeman. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Freddie Freeman. It's also like a corner outfielder from the state of Georgia that no one wants and yet will inexplicably do well for them for 60 games after they get him at the deadline. Yeah, I think for like the like the the, the, the thing to avoid is to go with just like the biggest name player on the team. Like Clayton Kershaw is a Dodger guy, but he's not the capital, you know, he's not in this uh, he, he would be a great pitcher on any team. He's not really what the question is asking, I think. Like, mm-hmm. a Dodger guy would be, like, Chris Taylor. He kind of embodies what that organization sure. does developmentally. Uh, and Or, like, Andrew Tolls could be a Dodgers guy because, like, he, very unfortunate um, last couple years, but while he was with the team, he, like, out-of-nowhere prospect who all of a sudden was, like, a, a great outfielder and had this incredible catch with Rich Hill's 
uh, no hit bid. Um, I still very fondly think of that season in, in Andrew Tolls. I just realized, but yeah, I think there's like a guy like that on every team who who kind of uh, captures the essence of, of of what the clubhouse is. Uh, David Peralta would be my pick for the D-backs. Like a uh, uh, reliable hitter uh, that flew under the radar for a couple of years while he was pretty good. And now he's just kind of still on the roster and, and uh, with no expectations of, of, of winning anytime soon. But also probably pro- pro- you know providing some kind of uh, uh, guidance for younger players. I don't know. D-backs are, are, are a weird one to pick from. Also, he's like... <laughs> I'm not picking Nick Ahmed. I refuse to pick Nick Ahmed. <laughs> Nick Ahmed does not embody any team. <laughs> They're like the only two guys on the roster whose names I can remember at this point. I think uh, I think the, the case of the Phillies is kind of fun because Kyle Schwarber is very much a Phillies guy now and mm-hmm. a Phillies guy in 1993. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I So I, I spent the entire time Lauren was talking trying to find a Phillies guy and my brain kept circling back to yeah. Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a good match. Got a couple. are not going to get to. Let's just uh, this last one in here. My friend, friend, uh, my friend, Fred from Honolulu. Um, this one's for Bailey. In a uh, purge scenario, who would Chipper Jones hunt for sport on Major League Bow Hunter? Oh, I have a good answer for this. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, it's it's a hundred percent Vinny Castilla. Um, Vinny Castilla came played for the Braves in the early 2000s and kicked Chipper Jones off third base and made him play left field. And I don't think during those, like, whatever that one year that was, I don't think I've ever seen a player show more open disdain for the position they're currently playing than Chipper Jones in left field. So it's 100%, it's 100% Vinny Castilla final answer. No, that's perfect. I, uh, at my softball game on Sunday, I, uh, played third base in the first game and then left field in the second game and i i completely understand left field fucking sucks <laughs> yeah it does i'm right there with it you Chipper. Ass. yeah yeah i played third base as a kid i hated playing the outfield yeah, yeah. you gotta like run it, it's terrible yeah it's it's bullshit yeah yeah we got one here about mlb the show uh, soundtracks but i did not have time to look into that enough to give it a good answer and i don't want to spend the time of us clicking around here looking at spotify playlists oh no um, I, so we'll I, we'll save that one for later i think that I, I do get uh, annoyed by the soundtracks just because if you play the game you know, long enough, it's mm-hmm. like Road to the Show, marathons, yeah. those songs just like Im- embed themselves in the back of my brain. I don't think there's one that I've ever played where I didn't mute it almost immediately yeah. and play my own yeah. music, though, so... It's it's the same thing with like the canned like commentary lines. Like if mm-hmm. you sink at least a hundred hours in any sports games, eventually you'll figure out the setting that turns off the commentary because you've heard it all before. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, Bailey, thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, really, really liked having you back. Oh well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Anything you need to anything you need to plug? We already talked about your your two channels. Any big product? Anything you want to? Yeah, sure. Uh, I wrote the essay for the Atlanta Braves in the Baseball Prospectus Annual. Uh, They are, of course, the reigning World Series champions. And uh, yes, you can pick that up. They have links on their website to buy from the distributor. I think it's on some other sites that sell books. But yeah, check out the Baseball Prospectus Annual for my essay on the Braves. It's the very first essay in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. You got the premier slot. Starting from the top. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I think when Craig Goldstein offered me that in September, he was not anticipating that would be the World Series champions. <laughs> but no takesies, backsies. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. All right. 
Thank you so much for coming on, Bailey. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks. All right. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. Thanks for sticking around past just our our interview with the uh, YouTube star. But uh, we have an important announcement to make here. While we love what what we do here, and we love it enough to do it for free, as we've been doing for almost two years now, uh, we are also living under the boot of capitalism, and it is grinding us to dust. And unfortunately, we need to enter the modern world of monetizing our hobbies to keep our head above water. So we are launching a Patreon. Uh, You will now be able to directly support us so we can justify spending so much time every week bringing you this little friendship simulator. It's going to go live on Monday, uh, May 2nd. And for $5 and what we're calling the Slapdick Prospect tier, you get access to an RSS feed that will have all of our episodes of it, but with additional content at the end of every episode that is not included in the free version of the show. Uh, Additionally, we're going to have Hangouts on our Discord, uh, which you can find either on our Twitter or uh, you can link link your Discord to your Patreon and it will automatically put you in there once you become a patron. A patron. And we're going to have game watch parties in the voice chat in there. You can come hang out with the hosts further, do some friendship simulator stuff, but it's a lot more real because all, the, all three of us will be there talking to you, watching games. Additionally, you'll have the ability to vote on which games we're going to be watching for those watch-alongs. So if you want to show some extra support for us, you can donate a little bit more uh, monthly than just the $5. For $10 a month, you can message me, Jane, once per week, and I'll give you bad fantasy baseball advice. <laughs> For $20 a month, you can get much better advice from Lauren once per week. Uh, and additionally, we have goals which, if hit, will allow us to record additional episodes and possibly provide video content as well. Go to patreon.com slash around on May 2nd to sign up and get a whole bunch of extra content, a whole bunch of fun extra stuff, and to support us in this endeavor. We are welcoming you to bat around mm-hmm. with us. Yes, that's right. That's right. And really, like, we, we want this to be a two-way conversation. We want feedback from you guys on what you like, what, what you like less, what we can do. We have other ideas as well for extra content. We want to know what you think about them. We want to see what you like, what we do, and uh, we'll try to keep it fresh. Yeah, we're very we're very adaptive people. Uh, but of course, it is not a democracy, and uh, we will have final say on everything. You, you, we're not we're not promising you the world here. That's correct. Yes, you should keep in mind that uh, all three of us have like actual jobs, and mm-hmm. um, only so many hours in a week. Okay, I have I have a lot of hours in the week I can dedicate to other stuff. You you two have some more restrictions. You have lives. I c- I could spend all day doing this if I if I wanted to, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting a hard cap on on how much of the time I'm going to do this rather than just like mindlessly scrolling Twitter for four hours a day. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Keep an eye out 
uh, patreon.com slash batting around. We'll have a whole bunch of announcements all over our uh, Twitter and our personal Twitter accounts, I'm sure, as well as Discord. Um, go join the Discord if you haven't already. Uh, there is a link to it pinned on our Twitter account. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see, we will see you next week for our first premium Patreon episode. Bye.